0: Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated, and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcasts at nlutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe
1: on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at e r i k. Dot Anderson at
0: Today on our podcast we take a little bit of a break from what we have been doing to have a special interview with Ryan Mackey. Ryan Mackey is a professor of music and music technology at Central Christian College of Kansas in McPherson, Kansas, and he also serves as a bishop in the Communion of Evangelical Episcopal Churches, Province USA, which is a communion in the Anglican tradition. Bishop Ryan and I have been good friends for a long time and I'm excited for you guys to hear his heart about worship and about music. And today on the podcast, him and I have a conversation about what worship is, how we worship well, music and worship, and some of those things. Periodically throughout our regular scheduled programming, we will have these interviews of other pastors and other church leaders just to include different voices and include diverse voices in how we talk about things. So we're still in our row, we're still talking about the row, and we're talking specifically about music and worship and the personal experience of worship. I'm excited for you guys to hear Bishop Ryan. He's a great man and a good friend. Thanks for listening. Let's get growing. give us a little bit of background uh, about you, your background in the church, your background in ministry, and also your background in scholarship and some of the work that you've done and are doing when it comes to worship and ministry.
1: Okay, well first thanks for uh, inviting me on the podcast. This is a real great honor. Um, So I was raised in uh, the Disciples of Christ denomination, so I I don't know if it's jokingly or lovingly referred to this kind of reformed light Um, and grew up with order service um, elders and a pastor and deacons and junior deacons and deaconesses and all all sorts of manner things like that didn't really know what that meant Uh, we did take communion every sunday Um, so that was uh, pretty formative it was church that my mom's family had gone to for years. I grew up in me and my sister and all my cousins went and participated in and a lot of really fond memories um, from there. When I was in high school, uh, around age of 16 or so, I was invited by one of my um, one of the guys on my high school basketball team to go to youth group with him, which I had been attending youth group at uh, my mom's family's church but it was 20 minute drive away in a different town, in a different county. And um, out here in Kansas, uh, as you know, like I'm sure it is in Illinois, it, uh, sometimes in the winter time, you don't really want your 16 year old driving, um, you know, to a different town in the middle of winter or when the deer are running. So, um, so I went with my friend Jeremiah to his church and it was a Pentecostal holiness church. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. And uh, certainly, when it came to the music, um, I really hadn't experienced much in the way of like Pentecostal charismatic uh, worship. I'd seen, um, you know, maybe for special events, we'd have like somebody who'd bring in like a guitar or something like that. But most of our church music was uh, it was choral, it was uh, anthems. Uh, Occasionally, we did something out of a out of a chorus book. Uh, But it wasn't uh, anything like what I experienced at this uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church called Abundant Life. And so I started going there on on Wednesday nights for youth group, Uh, I learned how to play the bass guitar there, Uh, got exposed to a lot of different styles of music through playing on the the worship team, I learned how to play jazz, learned how to play Latin music. Um, and eventually by the time I graduated high school I was going there full time. So was there for Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, playing on the worship team. I uh, did that throughout college, uh, so when I moved from Hutchinson, uh, which is my original hometown, to McPherson, where I'm currently at now, to go to Central Christian College, of Kansas. Uh, I was still commuting and, and playing in the music team there. And Music was a really foundational Thing for me, and matter of fact, as I went through college, I ended up with a double major in music and uh, eventually philosophy, religion, uh, kind of exploring that. Uh, during that time, I sensed a call to ministry, but I wasn't sure what that looked like or, or what that meant specifically. So when I was uh, when my my bishop was looking at potential candidates for ordination, my name came forward and after some prayer and discernment by the leadership, they contacted me and said, we would like you to, uh, to read for Holy Orders. So I said, okay. So I started out that process and uh, throughout that process, started to get exposed a little bit more to, uh, well, a lot more to church history. And I taught history, uh, American history on the, junior high, level. I, I spent a year teaching in a in a private school and taught uh, history and Bible and English for a little while and really developed my love of, of church history out of teaching American history of all things, um, and started to get a little bit more of a sense as I was studying for for ordination about the the historicity of the church and how certain Parts of the church were at enmity with each other, and not really. I, I kind of experienced that growing up, but not um, not to where it made like a defining mark on my life. I was more kind of like, "Hey, everybody needs to, you know, we're all the church, and and uh, and really celebrate that." My my mom was a teacher as well, and, and she started teaching at a Catholic high school, junior high and high school, and so you know. I'd hear some of my my uh, uh, people I went to school with who would, you know, say things about Catholics, and I was like, you know, mean things about Catholics, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because the only thing I've ever known of Roman Catholics are, they're, you know, they're Christians. So just like Baptists or Mennonites or, you know, whomever else. And so going through this process really opened up my eyes to the, the multifacetedness of the church and how the church can exist with all these different facets and flavors or however you want to couch that um, and can coexist and you know if you look back through scripture it does exist uh, it's just maybe a matter of what we've kind of picked and chosen so uh, so I was ordained a deacon in uh, April of 2006 um, eight months later I was ordained as a priest and served as a priest uh, did everything from uh some pastoral care, a little bit of pastoral care. Primarily, I worked with those who were discerning ordination within our diocese and helping out with their educational process. Since I had a background in education, uh, the the bishop, the archbishop, thought it would be a good idea to have me help out there. Uh, I served as his uh, as his canon, as a canon to the to the bishop for our diocese for a few years. Uh, mainly, canon just means you go and do whatever the Bishop tells you to help do the work of the, of the diocese. I've, I i was not a, a, a parish priest. So, uh, as being in academics full time at the time, kind of precluded me a little bit from doing that. So that was the assignment that the Bishop gave me. And then, um, the, the house of bishops for my, my province, uh, within the communion of evangelical Episcopal churches, province USA, um, uh, saw fit to have me be consecrated as a bishop, and so after a couple year process of prayer and discernment, uh, we went forward with that, and in January of 2016, I was consecrated as a bishop, and my official role is as auxiliary to the presiding bishop, so I serve uh, a bishop by the name of Quentin Moore, who currently serves... uh, fourfold capacity, which is very unusual. I don't know that you'd find it many other places within the church, but he serves currently as the uh, international presiding bishop for our entire communion, the head of Province USA, the head of my diocese, and he's also been my senior pastor for the last 25 years. So, and I serve him in all those various capacities, kind of whatever is needed for that day or for that specific project. So, uh, in the meantime, I, for the last dozen years, have served as a instructor of music at Central Christian College of Kansas in McPherson, mm-hmm. Kansas, which is a college in the free Methodist tradition. And my two areas of uh, teaching uh, within the music department have been uh, technology and musicology. Uh, so, a lot of my research that I've done over the last few years has primarily focused on music in the church and music and technology. And as I'm starting to prep to do some graduate studies here in the foreseeable future, really wrestling with the idea of how has the church, how has, how is, and how will and maybe should the church utilize technology uh, within their worship services and how does that reflect in kind of a theology of technology within worship. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, those are some of the things that are that are bouncing around in in my thoughts uh, right now, uh, and
0: that's how we we met at Central, right? Because you are currently you're finishing up uh, your your first tenure there. Yeah, I am this year, uh-huh. and you were uh, music, and also you did some theology too I when did. I was there, I and did. so you instructed me in both of those areas. Yeah, while I was at Central.
1: Yeah, I I really have a. I don't. I'm not sure that I'm necessarily the best person to teach them, but I've got a real heart for uh, watching people develop in spiritual disciplines and yeah. experiencing spiritual disciplines with people. I I tell people that I may not be like the best counselor or thing like that, but boy, I sure enjoy being able to walk through certain processes and disciplines with people uh, and just engage that kind of thing. So spiritual formation and kind of, again, clergy education and formation, that's mm-hmm. really uh, what, what kind of gets my my motor running in terms of that stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's really when we became good friends and yeah. you, you really became a mentor for me was when it was January, it was either 2012 or 2013. Uh-huh. I can't remember now. Um, must have been 2012. Yeah, I think it was twelve. I was fairly new at Central. That was after, that was my first January there. And you'd taught Introduction to Spiritual Formation. Yep. Um, it was a pretty small class. Uh, but that was a really powerful month for me and a very, very formative. One of the most important uh, seasons of my life was that January. Hmm.
1: That was a great time. I loved it. Yeah.
0: So, why don't you give us uh, a working definition of worship? Now I I am just bringing this on you, so um, that's why I say working definition. <laughs> uh, so this is not a final definition, really? but what, so what is right now? What is your working definition of worship?
1: Well, when I twenty years ago when I was doing my undergrad, um, the definition that my my professors and my mentors were giving me is uh, they uh, oftentimes they juxtapose praise and worship um, because back mm-hmm. back in the mid nineties. Um, in the late 90s, there was a lot of uh, focusing on trying to define praise and worship st- in terms of musical stylistics. Back then it was like, well, if, if it's praise, it's like an upbeat song in a major key, and if it's worship, mm-hmm. you know, it's a slower tempo, it's moodier, it might be in a minor key, uh, or something like that. And after a while, it's kind of like that that sense just really that idea just really fell apart and I remember one of my mentors said, "Well, you praise God because of who He is you know you praise the Trinity because of of who they are, and you mm-hmm. worship as a response to kind of the the who, what, where, when, why, and how of of God. Um, mm. I'd say at this mm-hmm. at this point in my life uh, worship is is for me has become definitely more of the response, uh, which I think for me is why it's easier for me to look at different facets of a congregational service, Mm -hmm. maybe more so as worship um, than Mm. praise. Now I say this as somebody who has helped to lead uh, music and congregational services for 25 years um, since I was a teenager and realizing that whether I'm doing it with an instrument in my hands, with my voice, whether it's through the Eucharist or even the offering, uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe and, you know, I'm I'm saying this more so for myself, really feel that it's more about a response right now, which mm. and and it's not necessarily always a response to something that God, you know, has accomplished or something that has been done in and for me. But maybe it's for something that I see in Scripture or something right. that I'm going through. You know, sometimes mm. it's it's harder to to give thanks to god or to have that kind of response when you're going through something um mm-hmm. you know maybe that's maybe that's the the bigger thing so i would i would go lean towards the response idea in terms of a of a definition of worship
0: you you kind of hinted at it and then you said it a little bit more explicitly so when you think about worship it is not you do not think music hmm. right it's right. this the whole entirety of my response to God and his work right, right. is worship and not just music that we might play or even a particular kind of music that we might play.
1: Right. And I, I think that, the, again, the generation in which I, I was raised, um, so I grew up in the infancy of the passion movement, um, like the first mm. couple passion records had come out when I was uh, in college and so there was a lot of people and and i i was included in this fell into this thing of you know when we talked about worship we were talking about the music and then as i got older as i got out of college as i met people and talked to people and listened to people and i kept seeing no worship if we just if we just nail worship down to music then we're limiting Uh, the concept of what worship is and can be Uh, and Mm -hmm. as I have um, now been teaching in higher education for as many years as I've had being able to work with students who want to lead worship or are leading worship in various capacities even as I work with uh, my own worship team uh, Mm -hmm. at my home parish and and things of that nature, and sometimes I don't even call it a worship team anymore. Sometimes I call it like music department at our church, but that makes it sound right. like you're at a college. Try and be intentional with my language, and um, <laughs> even lovingly corrective at times, even though it may draw me some weird looks from people. Sure. Um, again, the the hope is not to not one from a standpoint of trying to to uh, chastise per se, but trying to. Change the language in such a way that it's not so much a limiting of ourselves as it is a delimiting of God and, mm. and our ability mm. then to connect with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's, it's so limiting if we shackle it to music because then you think about, well, what about somebody who's a mute who can't right. or somebody who may be um, differently abled who, who mm-hmm. can't sing or something mm-hmm. like that? And so then we have to start thinking about different definitions of worship.
0: It also causes, in, in both Sterling, Rockfall, Sock Valley area of Illinois, northwest Illinois, and Kansas, mm-hmm. and specifically even central Kansas, where you are now, you, you we're still working through the quote unquote worship wars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So churches are still working through this like contemporary versus traditional right. styles of worship. Right. And when we, which is a horrible way of categorizing, like that's a, that's a bad <laughs> way of framing the issue uh, in the first place. So that's how it's oftentimes talked about. Yeah. But, and so when we, when we only say, when we say worship is the music, it's the songs that we sing that ultimately makes those worship styles, the utmost important the single most important thing that we do right. as a church right. is our style of worship. Uh-huh. Or our style of music, I should say. Because we if that is how I worship, then that yeah, it's super important and you you don't really want to change the way you worship. No. no. If that's the case.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you bring up a well you bring up a really good point. When we talk about contemporary, so if you wanna if you wanna parse the word out and split it Uh, up into its various sections you know contemporary means something that's happening right now Um, Mm. I was having a conversation (laughs) with one of my colleagues here at the college uh, whom you know Dr. Brett Jansen and he he was telling me how when he was in um, college he went to a church that was more conservative uh, more shall we say traditional and he asked the pastor somewhat jokingly um, because he knew a little bit about the church he said so Uh, do you have a contemporary service and a traditional service or is this all he's like of course we're contemporary this is what's happening right now (laughs) Uh, you know and from that standpoint you know you could say Gregorian chant is contemporary because there are people you know there are monks and nuns men and women uh, who are around the world who are engaging in the use of Gregorian chant as part of their life of musical worship to God Mm. just like you can turn around and say well you know, the latest stuff that's coming out of Bethel or Jesus Culture or Hillsong or Wren Collective or whomever um, is the, you know, got the new album dropping this week. That's, you know, both you technically could consider to be contemporary.
0: Well, if that's the case, then all worship is contemporary because the cloud of witnesses is, is enjoying the marriage supper right now. Precisely. So we're all, it's always contemporary.
1: So, I mean, you've got... You've got uh, St. Jerome and Bernard of Clairvaux and Larry Norman, you know, Glenn Campbell, <laughs> all mm-hmm. all singing together, uh, yep. you know, up there. And someday we'll all join them. And, yeah. and you know, Darlene Check and Matt Redman will stand alongside uh, Thomas Aquinas and Thomas of Solano mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. all the Francis of Assisi and me and yep. you. And, mm-hmm. and we'll all sing, and all these petty discussions won't even be there anymore. So, so,
0: so talk to us a little bit about then if if we're reorienting ourselves away from worship as the muse, the style of music that we play, or the style of song that we sing. Um, if it's hymns or or choruses, or if it's um, you know the the ad lib kind of singing uh, that we see in a lot of charismatic churches, if we're moving away from the style of music and the style of singing as our primary definition of worship, when we talk about worship as a response, then what does it mean to, for something to be Christian worship? What makes it, what makes it Christian? And also what makes it uh, historically Christian?
1: Well, let's, let's tackle the first one first here. So, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of people may say, "Well, it's it's Christian worship or something like that." A Christian response, if a Christian does it, um, which that may be a really simple and accurate definition. Um, I like to think that if I am doing something as unto the Lord, mm-hmm. um, you know, when when the when Jesus says you know, I was naked and you clothed me, I was in prison and you came to visit me, I was thirsty and you yeah. gave me something to drink. And they're like, yeah. wait a minute, hold the phone. When did we ever see you in any of those circumstances and do that? And Christ yeah. says, well, when you did it to the least of these. Um, mm-hmm. And is it Paul who writes about saying, um, showing hospitality because you may have entertained angels um, unaware? Um, uh, that's that's Hebrews. Hebrews, so thank you. It's Probably not Paul, but right? But I'm at least in the right half of the Bible, so, so no, that's I'm, correct. I'm, I'm pleased with that. <laughs> um, so maybe it's it's a combination of where my focus is directed, as well as maybe um, the intent of the heart. Um, I, I do think that there's something to having both action and intent lining up. Um, mm. So you know, it's it's kind of the old adage of your dad tells you to take out the trash and you grumble and complain and mm-hmm. and bellyache about it and then you take out the trash and then your dad tells you to take out the trash and you don't take out the trash. So which is better? That you took out the right. trash with complaining or that you didn't take it out at all without complaining? Right. Um, and so I think that when we, when we talk about Christian worship then, I think it goes to what is... You know, not only what is the the heart of the individual worshiping, but what is the action as well? One of my favorite um, quotes mm-hmm. from Thomas Merton, and I haven't been able to, to find the, um, the source of this, but um, I believe it's Merton said, a bad book written about God is still a bad book. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe there's this. Maybe there's this tension between, or this, this, um, this uh, synergy that needs to happen, this coming together of not only, you know, intent of the heart, but of, um, of action that is um, excellent. Not perfect, but excellent. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, giving, giving the best that you can. So I, I was not, I was a basketball player in high school. I was not the best. Um, I know Mm -hmm. that I wasn't the best. I had to, I wasn't the fastest. I couldn't jump the highest. Um, I had to hustle a lot, uh, a lot Mm -hmm. more than a lot of my teammates. But I knew that if I went out there and left it all on the court, you know, I gave my very best effort, and that's all the coach was asking from me, is to do my best. He knew that I couldn't shoot the lights out like uh, one of my friends, and that I wasn't going to you know, be able to run line drills as fast as everybody else. But if I could go out right. there and do um my utmost for his highest, as it were, mm-hmm. then that's that was going to be Ryan's best. And mm. and maybe that's maybe that's part of worship is that we have to Christian worship is that we have to give um our best. And and I think a lot I, I mentioned this uh, a moment ago and I think about it quite a bit because we have a community of these people who are part of our our parish is uh, people who are wheelchair bound with various mm. um, various issues and mm-hmm. it's you know I've been very conscious of language um, when I start mm-hmm. off a service because I can't say to them stand with us and worship right. um, because they can't you know barring a miracle right. of the Lord they can't and so right. to be able to say to, you know, lift up your heart or to take up yeah. a posture of worship or, you know, let's join our, our hearts and voices and minds together, you know, something mm-hmm. that is going to uh, enable them, encourage them, empower them to to not only to worship, but to want to worship and with all mm-hmm. their heart, soul, mind and strength. Mm.
0: So do you think that there's, so you kind of mentioned doing, doing it with excellence. And then you, then you started talking about responding as best as we are able to, mm. um, with as much obedience as we are able to, with as much love as we are able to, uh-huh. um, when it comes to form and function of worship, are there right and wrong ways to worship mm. God?
1: If, if you'd asked me this question 20 years ago, I'd have said No. Um, mm-hmm. Now I might say, maybe it's still no, but I have preference. <laughs> but I have preferences. Yeah. But I have preferences. So, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, I was raised in a tradition where we did we did take the Lord's Supper every week, mm-hmm. um, and then I started going to when we were Abundant Life Community Church when I first started attending my parish, and we didn't do communion except for at Christmas and Easter. And then Mm -hmm. we left the Pentecostal Holiness Church, the same community. We changed our name to the Father's House, which we still are today. And Mm -hmm. uh, we started taking communion every Sunday once again. And uh, we have, you know, our service follows. um, We we do three services uh, on a weekend and I help primarily to facilitate uh, the Saturday evening service at, at this time in ministry. And our Saturday evening service is maybe a little more traditional in terms of its overall form. So, you know, we talk about, you know, where we, where we do the music, where we, you know, we'll say the creed and do the readings and, and, mm-hmm. and the Eucharist and so on and so forth. So I definitely have my preference. Um, yeah. You know, now, saying that I have my preference of what a form uh, of the of a worship service should look like doesn't mean that I won't go and engage with another congregation. So sure. when uh, when my parents were back east um, for about a dozen years, they were attending a Presbyterian church out there. And I was always hoping and praying that when my wife went and I went to visit there that we would catch it on the first Sunday of the month because that's when they took mm. communion. Because yeah. for me to go through a a standard Sunday morning worship service and not receive the Eucharist, quite frankly, it's kind of hard
0: because for me, it feels a little empty.
1: It it does. It does. And for somebody who was raised taking Eucharist, but not understanding the gravitas of it, and then Mm. coming into an awareness of that, um, it was really impactful then to almost have like the Eucharist given back to me in a sense. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so to, to end a congregational worship service without that, like you said, kind of seemed a little bit empty, not bad, just different than what I'm used to. And you know, Mm -hmm. this from being here at the college, when we have our, our campus chapel services, there's, there's a response of some kind. Now, again, my preference, since we're gathering together as the body of Christ in a communal worship setting my preference would be to have the Eucharist because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, whenever you come together, and it's like, well, if that's the case, then you know, we should all just carry around like a bottle of wine and a thing of yeah. of wafers or a loaf of bread or something yeah. like that, and just be, you know, you know, always ready, always ready, you know, on on the ready, um, <laughs> and and yet, so I to to jump back to it again, I would say I don't think that there's, I don't think there's a wrong. Yeah. form to get you there um, i I do think that maybe the way that we as leadership whether you're talking um, the pastors the mm-hmm. the ministers of music, even your mm-hmm. hospitality you know your greeters your ushers I do think that there's there's maybe better ways or more excellent mm-hmm. ways that sure. w- that we can do things um, that are appropriate for our context of ministry that are appropriate for uh again who we are as as individuals as well as kind of like next scale up you know going from like okay this is my you know who i am as an individual this is who maybe like my family is and then like who we Mm -hmm. are as the body of christ or something like that or you can say Mm -hmm. this is who i am as as an individual and here I am on the music team, or here I am on the hospitality team, or here I am as part right. of the pastoral team, and then here we are as our right. parish. And what does that, you know, what can that look like, feel like, um, and, and how shall we function with that? I realize I'm kind of sidestepping the question a little bit. That's uh, okay. But I, I would come down and say, I don't think there's a wrong way. I think that mm-hmm. there's, I think there's intentions maybe that we need to be aware of.
0: that's a good place to end it there thank you for joining us today bishop ryan we appreciate you appreciate your ministry and your heart we will continue this conversation later and for those of you listening we will have part two and probably a part three continuing to have the conversations about worship worship styling how we shape our worship so be on the lookout for that